It's been an interesting weekend. I'm in the process of trying to get passports for my daughters, which dredges up a lot of mixed emotions associated with being a migrant, and also particularly with regards to Australia, but also certain aspects with regards to England, the experiences of getting migrant residency and the whole migration process and just the fact that it's a tax on the normal, basically, in order to get certain things done. And the general fear and hatred of migrants, which is embodied in this It's not really legislation, but in the process associated with doing various things, always reminds me that this is my ancestor's burden as well as my particular burden. And I'm very thankful that I'm not doing this leading up to the Second World War or any other related nonsense. But it is a process nonetheless that has some relatively heavy reflection. I woke up this morning to a note from my, I guess you'd be my second cousin once removed, indicating that my great-aunt had passed away. My great-aunt, who I met in New Zealand, was an amazing woman. She converted to Judaism in order to marry my great-uncle. And my great-uncle is a particular character, and my great-aunt has had to become, I guess, a particular character, or had to become a particular character based on the nature of my great-uncle. But I do feel much the richer having known both of them. And the notion of selfless marriage, the notion of, you know, what marriage is in the long term really is very heavily embodied in my great aunt. So I pause for thought with regards to that particular email and also contacting other family members and just letting them know, which historically, sadly, has not been the case with the folks that I've known that have passed around me. But I do feel... A responsibility, particularly when I was one of just five people, or four people even, who were contacted, who knew the great aunt. And I made sure that everyone who knew her, had met her, clearly felt passionately about her, was also notified with regards to her passing. The topic I wanted to discuss today is associated with the police song Message in a Bottle, which I've rediscovered thanks to my girls needing some music. The... Music that they're offered, Taylor Swift and Disney, modern day Disney musicals, I find it's not necessarily questionable, objectionable, but certainly aren't in my musical upbringing and aren't really part of my musical consciousness. The, um, the fellow with a multisyllabic name ending in Miranda, maybe Miranda's the middle name. Anyway, he has a Disney project, which is very much the style of his music, which is kind of post contemporary my general listening and that kind of stuff and i wanted to get the girls listening to some older music and it was wonderful actually having my wife sing along to some billy paul which you know would have nominally been lost on me but thankfully i found a billy paul record in penang malaysia at the time that i was a dj and played it frequently because it's quite interesting music he was quite an interesting fellow and like many artists of his time and generation went through a wide variety of phases, including psychedelia and, and what I would call, I guess, black power, for want of a better term. And, you know, these expressions of his musical styling are great fun, actually, still to listen to. But in listening to The Police, I realised that I had latently quite a great degree of knowledge about The Police and their various musical styles. And I have a film here, which is actually on a DVD case underneath, which was Sting's... I don't know, Sting's first film anyway. It contains Meg Ryan and I think 
Dennis Hopper from memory. Anyway, so yes, I'm even going back and looking at old Sting movies, which are very, very difficult to watch, thanks to listening to the police currently. And the message of Message in a Bottle, I think, is lost on many folks, but it's about extreme human loneliness, the need to find other humans of like minds, and the fellow, the protagonist of the song, throws out a, a message in a bottle, and years go by, well, at least a year goes by, and then I think it's a hundred, is either a hundred million, some artists sing it as a hundred billion now, bottles turn up, and they're all messages from lonely people, which is a kind of Eleanor Rigby-esque metaphor but it's very much actually represents a lot of the way i'm feeling currently particularly with doing the sim c line writing and i recorded with anton mikhailov yesterday in a podcast which is listened to by a few people who i apparently have annoyed periodically or certainly sufficiently not to communicate with me and it's interesting actually because these podcasts were historically connected with an organization that no longer exists <laughs> like a lot of the stuff that I've done historically. So I'm putting out in a podcast based on an organization that no longer exists the hope that people will listen into it and maybe motivate it to look at my Sim line work and get involved. And this very much is, I mean, Bob Mottram is, it's not that Bob Mottram has walked away, but Bob Mottram has particular interests which have been fulfilled up until now and require additional manual editing and a bunch of other things uh, tacked on, which I'm working on as well currently. But, you know, the ability to have a collaborator is such a luxury, I mean, particularly as a father of two who really doesn't get enough sleep and, uh, you know, injures his back on occasion and works an interesting, well, let's just say a full-time job. So the ability to have a collaborator who's excited by the project and interested in the various issues in the project is of great benefit. So... I've broken apart certain aspects of the simulation component, one of which is a combination of two simulations called urban war. It's an urban simulation and a war simulation, which you'd think would be relatively topical currently. In any case, it's putting together a website to give examples of why people should be involved with that and at the same time being involved with it myself. So still continuing the development in my usual, I don't know how one would put it, two hours, uh, two hours when available kind of development style, which is very much the emphasis of it. So I reflect on the Sting song as really being the nature of my life currently, that I'm doing all these things with the hope that this bottle that is cast out, be it, you know, a podcast or some documentation or anyone just kind of stumbling upon it, will have some interest and continue getting contact or at least use the development in their own particular ways and see what comes out of it and i think this is the the interesting nature of my life currently that i just feel particularly now i mean thankfully even without an alleged comedian who apparently allegedly has covid currently there would be difficulty just using contemporary search engines just google as a means of getting information i mean having a wikipedia presence was beneficial and i'm very thankful to the people that did it initially but now it's just almost impossible to find information associated with people doing this kind of work. And I feel almost like reaching out to academics currently who are at least paid to do this kind of work to see if they, well, firstly, have an interest. And secondly, you know, historically when I've done this, it's never been the case. So I'm just in a strange situation where I'm continuing to throw out these messages in bottles and 
periodically noting that a uh, hundred million or a hundred billion have washed ashore in similar light. This is just the nature of contemporary life that I'm not in any way alone in my need for other people to get involved with my particular projects. So this is the irony that's catching me currently. And in parallel to this, the amazing vibrancy of now one-year-olds and their own particular humor and proclivities and loves and just having children care about you in some very manifest way, but still being an age where, you know, they're not actively coding on keyboards. And it's interesting actually talking to my wife because she very much has the view that our daughters, and I do honestly too, that our daughters should find their own paths. There should be nothing here that is of particular interest to them. And I reflect on this because my friend in the UK, Rochi Rochford, his daughter is having a birthday soon. Maybe it has already passed by the time of this podcast recording. And her interests include going to a escape room, uh, going to Pizza Hut, and also going to a local games workshop. So I guess she can buy miniatures and these kind of things, which would be more for my rules a better recording. But I do reflect on how these people get their children interested. It's also a theme in Model Rail Radio as well, funnily enough. But yes, I don't know if my children would lead a full life if they continue my interests on. But they would lead an interesting life, at least. I can say that. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling similarly bemused, I do love receiving correspondence periodically, and I try as much as I can to respond in a timely fashion uh, to those that are also listening to this podcast. But it's interesting, actually, occasionally getting emails from people that I wouldn't have even thought to listen to this podcast, although most have come to this podcast through very deliberate mechanisms, i.e. knowing me or, well, knowing me at some stage or some other podcast I did or these kind of things. So anyway, this is Tom Barberley in Las Vegas, Nevada, in, in memoriam in many ways to my great aunt, who have taught me a lot of stuff just implicitly and strangely. And having known what Judaism is in my own life, in particular learning Hebrew early on and then forgetting Hebrew very quickly and realizing that the secular aspect of the religion or just the genetics or just the history alone is worthy of embodiment, which has been the history of my life up until now. Anyway, Tom Barbelay in Las Vegas, Nevada, signing out.